You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. On 11.16 SEM, the award-winning crunch time for Honda's seven-year sale ends June 13th. This is crunch time for Honda's seven-year sale. Great offers on a huge range of new models. See honda.com.au. Anthony Hudson and Bob Murphy in Launceston. Ahead of the big game as round 14 continues with Hawthorne playing the Gold Coast Suns. Jared Waitley and Kane Corns uh, back in Melbourne as we continue to discuss all the big issues in footy. And it's a beautiful day as uh, we already had two games with the Bombers winning by 28 and Port Adelaide by 10 last night over the Demons. It's almost Gold Coast weather, you'd say, Mark Evans, Gold Coast CEO. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. It's a Gold Coast sky. It's just a little bit cooler than Gold Coast. But, no, beautiful day here, so it uh, should be a good game of footy, hopefully. And Bob here has been one of you in what has been a, a tough year. He's Staunch. been one of your great supporters. He tipped you to make the eight. I'm not sure whether that's really helped your season or not. Oh, well, he, he was one of only one, I think, that tipped us to make the eight. Um, most people thought we might be towards the bottom reaches. But, yeah, we've got a bit of work to do as a club. I probably knew that when you change a coach and bring a new footy manager, list manager, there's a lot of resetting and working on that. Um, my assessment of the season so far was a really good response at the start of the year. Uh, we've, we've failed against some of the top teams, I think, and at times where we've been a little bit um, uh, thin in terms of our own team. We've struggled with that, but every day you roll up to the footy, you've always a chance, and, and particularly when you see what the coaches are trying to do with the players, and you, you try and look for those moments and, and see whether we're progressing. How hard was last week then? Because there was so much that was so good for, yeah. for two and a half, three quarters, but then it was a heartbreak. Well, that's almost what I was referring to. We come off two really bad losses, and so the coaches and the players then work on some things that come out really well in the game. Different opponent compared to Geelong GWS, and, and some things really worked well. It was actually quite exciting. But when you've got um, uh, lots of holes in the dike, sometimes you don't have enough fingers, and, and there, are, there are different ways that you can get pulled apart in a game. We, we fell off a cliff in that last quarter, but uh, I, I came out of the game really disappointed for the manner of the loss, but actually a little bit more buoyed on some of the things that they've been working on. How are you feeling from a, a public point of view? Um, Jared's mate, Tony Cochran, had an interesting... <laughs> Chat last week coming out. Did, did you feel that was that was what the club needed? It needs to, and you did the same last year when we were on, on this show. You came out really strongly, and you felt like your club was being bashed around a bit and needed to needed to show some real strength of leadership. Yeah, it, it's difficult trying to understand uh, the Gold Coast community and the Gold Coast media, and then trying to put that in terms of what media you get. The strongest media you get from football is out of Victoria. And it's uh, you know, there's, lot, there's lots of ways that you can create a Victorian story out of things in the Gold Coast. You know, should we even have the Gold Coast? But when you look at the community of football in Queensland, you'd be surprised to know that it's stronger, more participants than South Australia, Tasmania, and Northern Territory put together. 
And so when you start to question the very fabric and, and why you would have the Gold Coast, and you can see that it grew at 26% last year on the Gold Coast and has been 7 8% growth year on year for probably the last four or five and will be this year, will be next year. Then you look at that opportunity that comes with that for the AFL and the Gold Coast Suns and Brisbane Lions. Now, I've said it before, that the bit that's missing is how you really ignite that passion and rust them on out of success at the top end, and we haven't nailed that bit. Is it is it purely a results thing then? Do you think that that hasn't, hasn't seen the conversion? Yeah, so you have to keep doing all of that community play and enticing people to come to the game and love the game and love the Suns as part of it. But there's a in terms of where you go to next about developing the real passion, it's because people belong and get so much enjoyment out of the game. And that's still to come, in my view. Eight, eight years is not enough to do that. Might have taken Sydney 25 years to do that in Sydney. Now, we're, we, we have to get some things right at our club. We've made some really big changes, and, and we know that the job ahead of us isn't, uh, isn't small. Do you think, Mark, the club is routinely disrespected? Yeah, I, I don't think we're respected for the work that we do, and, and in part, um, maybe people don't understand that. Um, I sometimes get disappointed that of, in people who make really strong statements about the culture of the club who haven't been within a bull's roar of it. Uh, haven't seen the training facility, haven't seen what's happening in the community, haven't seen what happens at a game, don't even go to the game. And it's very easy to throw pot shots from uh, a couple of thousand k's away. So any time we get challenged like that, I say, if you really want to know what's going on, come and have a look at it. You'll be impressed and you'll also realise that there's uh, a lot of work still to do. When do you think there'll be that compelling evidence for those who, um, this, a group who will never travel there, Mark, and will always look from afar, when will there be the compelling evidence that this is a strong, sustainable and ultimately successful football club? Success is going to be part of that. From If you're from afar, you will judge what you see on the TV screen and you'll judge what you see on the ladder. And when you see that, I think you'll say, oh, they've arrived. Now, how do we, how do, we do that? Like, there's so many things that go into producing a successful uh, football outfit and at the moment we've got too many gaps that we have to try and address and what people need to know whatever part of the land you're in right now I think we've now got the people where we can put together a program however long that's going to take we're going to put together a program and have a decent crack at it um, and in part one of the one of the questions I'm now asking of the of the league and of the public if our system is about equalization are we convinced that the current system is going to deliver that or not? And if it's not, then let's let's evaluate and discuss that. So do you need help? Do you need emergency help? We haven't discussed it as, as such. Um, what I am talking about, though, is it's been difficult to retain players. Uh, in part, early days, it might have been facility or uh, it might have been lure to come home or it might have been homesickness or it might have been whatever it is. And... So we've lost some players that if you, if you just inserted them into the team, you'd say, that's a pretty competitive outfit right now. And we haven't done that. And what we've done over the last three or four years, though, is taken our players, a lot of them, into free agency era. And uh, over the next three or four years, we will have some challenges each year, I think, as to what our free agents decide to do. If free agents continue to go and we pick up a high draft pick, you know, picks one to six for, for a free agent, uh, that pick won't immediately be the same as the free agent you've lost. So therefore, can you get out of that cycle if that was to happen every year? Can you get out of that cycle? Or do you have to do something different in a model that might be more akin to what Sydney have done? And how do you do that? That certainly starts from a really strong 
culture and, and the program you put together and then build from that, I think. Has your view changed on all of that since you've got there compared to when you sat in the at, uh, at AFL House? Yeah, I'm, I'm more wise to the peculiarities of, of being outside of Victoria and in a frontier market. And, uh, yeah, I've been at a club before that was at the bottom of the ladder, so I've seen some of those things. But it's a, it's a different challenge if you're towards the bottom of the ladder and away from Victoria. I, I think there's some things there that uh, I'm a, much sharper on. Are you getting closer to getting an answer from Tom? Well, we can't be getting further away, but I'm, I'm not sure whether that means we're... <laughs> That's not what I asked yeah, you. Yeah, I know, I know. I wasn't really trying to avoid it, but I was trying to say uh, eventually time runs out for everybody and we'll need a decision. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I believe Tom Lynch, the person, he's a wonderful, wonderful person, and I know that he, he regards it as a big decision for him and wants to make sure he takes his time. Uh, we're still hopeful that it comes our way. Just being captain, we've just had a discussion before around Mark Murphy uh, and Bob's view is that captains shouldn't leave. Yeah. Do you share uh, that view? There's been a couple that have left in, in history, but, but generally they don't because they have such loyalty and they're pretty bought into the program. And when I say that, I'm, I'm thinking of Tom Lynch when I say all of that, the work that he does during the week with players and with coaches, I don't see a sign that means that he's made his mind to go. I see him, uh, a sign that he's still a pretty committed captain. How is the emotional state of this group, Mark? That I mean, take the last three weeks, for example, two heavy losses and then a heartbreaker last week on the back of it. I mean, it, it must be a bruised playing group, after, you know, from from multiple, you know, difficult years. Who, who brings them together? Do you get involved with that during the week of bringing the group together? Is it is that Stewie Jew's role or is Tom Lynch or Stephen May, are they the kind of leaders that bring the club together? The short answer it needs to be everybody in part, but my part in that would be minuscule compared to people who are uh, heavily involved in football. It's very much the job of, of coach and senior leaders in the footy department and players to, to generate that. After the, the Geelong game, we had a, a ter- terrific build-up into our first game back at Metricon Stadium after being on the road for three months. And it felt almost like a cross between a, a, a final or a first game. There was a real air of expectation, and we really underperformed. And that we were really flat after that. We then went to GWS and had a, a probably a worse result. And I thought, gee, well, there's a wheel or two falling off here. That next week after that was terrific. Probably the best week of coaching that I've seen um, from Stuart's career so far. And the players were determined to do something about it. And you, and you saw the way they played. It actually came out. But what, what did he do to, to make you say that? Well, it, there's in, inside of any footy uh, week, there is you do have to address things, but then you have to somehow take people past it. You can't just dwell and be negative for seven days. And so there was a, a real reset of a harsh analysis of some things that happened that he would regard as unacceptable and hadn't been there yet, certainly in the first five, six, seven rounds. And so he addressed those with the players, and the players owned up to a a fair few of those. And then it was, so how do we now go about it, or how are we going to train for this, and what are we going to demand of each other coming into the game? And and it happened. It looked really good. But then you get through that game, you've now got a whole more series of things that would have come up on video and seen live that you're now trying to address with the group. Um, It's hard for a coach, because if you do have a lot of things you're trying to do, which ones do you focus on to make the most meaning for what happens this week against Hawthorne. Um, just before we finish, uh, has um, has Tom been looking at real estate in Sorrento or not? 
Uh, no, no, he's been looking at uh, some good real estate on Mermaid Beach and he's welcome <laughs> to move in with me as well. Kane, you've got one more? Yeah, I do. Uh, Mark, just wondering whether in your mind it was irresponsible to give pick two in exchange for, for Lockie Weller and in hindsight, would you have done it and would you do it again? Oh, don't, don't ever say irresponsible. Um, you have to go through uh, the strategy that was put forward at the time and how many young players that we'd already had uh, two years ago on a draft and and how many picks we'll have next year, in, or this year rather, in the draft. So it was a, a three-year look at it, and whether it's right or wrong, because it feels like it's a little bit of overs, but whether it's right or wrong in the long term, you can only judge in the long term. I, mm. uh, I don't like the, the word irresponsible. I don't was it de- right. a bit desperate? No, no, it wasn't desperate, but there was a, a decision that needed to be made, and it was thrown back uh, to people who actually understand the talent uh, far better than I ever should. And to say, you've got to make a call here. The player's available. You could do it now. You could have a go at another year if you wanted to, uh, if he was still there and still available. Uh, but really, only you guys can assess what the talent is, and, and that's where it happened. Uh, one more frivolous question. Was Clarko playing the guitar at Hawthorne <laughs> before you left? <laughs> Clarko was learning the guitar. Um, he was terrible, and uh, I think he's improved upon that slightly. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Good luck today. It's uh, going to be a tough one against the uh, your old mob, the Hawks. <laughs> See you later. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.